Good evening. Welcome. I'm actually, we're kind of shocked. We weren't like, really, we had no idea if it was just going to be like me and Ryan in here singing tonight. And, but I'm pretty stoked about this. This is great. So this is a good thing. Hey, uh, before we dive in, got a couple of quick announcements for you all. Uh, just some things coming up we want to make you aware of. Uh, one thing, and I want to be really clear on this one, because I, I don't think I was last week, I think I confused a couple people, is that uh, Easter weekend is the 4th, okay? And, and, and that weekend, we're, we have four services over four days for that. And, and, and how that plays out is we have a Holy Thursday, which is on Thursday night, and, uh, and, and that's going to be over the Lord's Supper. Then we have Good Friday, which is the death of Jesus. We have a service that night. Uh, for that, and then we have two services on Sunday. We have the morning service at ten o'clock as normal, and then the eight o'clock service as normal on those. So, um, bring your friends. It's 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 by far my favorite time of year to be working in a church. So we're looking forward to that. Lots of neat stuff going on. Also, uh, talk to me if you're interested. Uh, um, I, on our Easter services, we do baptisms after them as well. If you want more information on even what that's about or why we do that, or if you're interested in that, um, you can talk to me. I have a handy clipboard here, and uh, we, we just want your information. And trust me, just you putting your information on here doesn't mean that you're we're for sure going to like force you to be dunked or anything like that. It's, it's not going to go like that. So don't worry. Um, just if you're interested, we just need your information so we can call you and chat with you about what, what that's all about. Also, coming up in the next couple of weeks, we haven't set a date yet. We're going to start a new uh, program or class here at Bethany that we're calling Orthodox. And it's going to be basic fundamental teachings of the Christian faith. Uh, we're, we're going to offer that twice a week. That's going to be Sunday mornings before the 10 o'clock service at 9 o'clock. And then also Wednesday nights, and we think at 6. We haven't picked a time, but uh, if you're interested in that, those are going to be starting up here soon. So that we're really looking forward to those. It's going to be pretty neat. I don't know. Ryan made that graphic. He thinks Jesus looks really angry in that picture. I don't know. Our, our, our minds aren't made up. I like the Fu Manchu thing that he's got going, so I don't know. Who knows what he had? I don't. Anyways, let, let, let's dive in this morning or evening. What is it? Is it night? I don't know. The time changed. I'm off. Where am I? We are in the middle of our series, Speak Life. Uh, if you haven't been with us at all, um, we've gone through two weeks. Uh, the first week was on words, on how words are really important. And, and, and this is our primary verse that's taking us through this whole entire series. It's in Proverbs 18, verse 21. And it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Okay, uh, just so you know, this the, the tongue thing here... My job is to talk. I'm really good at talking, but usually not the way God wants me to. So this is a really tough series for me to be teaching on, to be honest, because this is what's guiding us through, because we're talking about speaking, the words we speak, the things that that, that leads us into, how important those kinds of things are. So this is, understand, as we go through this, for for me, this is pretty personal. I'm trying to figure out a lot of this stuff, because if you've known me for any period of time, I'm the king of sticking my foot in my mouth and saying inappropriate, dumb things at the worst possible time. That I, I, Chase is nodding. He's my neighbor. Um, and so it's true. And so I understand that I'm with you on this. If you're hearing some stuff and you're just like, oh, man, that sounds tough, I, I get it. So, so the first week was, was just talking about the, the words in general. Then the second week we spoke on uh, speaking love. 
and why that's so important. How, how the words that we speak, how it's supposed to be coming from a loving heart. And we covered uh, a couple ways in which a Christian should have this playing out. And, it's, and, and I'll just tell you, in case you weren't here, it's to love extravagantly, to love expensively, and to love endlessly. Those were the main things. And if, and if any of those pop out to you and you want to dive in more, um, th- those are on the website. You can listen to them there. Minus the first one in the series, uh, we had a little uh, technical blunder with that one. Uh, but the second one's up on the website, as are most of our other sermons. So they're on there. So we're in week three, and this week is forgiveness. Okay? The interesting thing about doing a small series like this, because normally what, what we do here, in case you're new here and you don't know how we do it, we normally preach books of the Bible. We just start in a book and we just start hammering at it until we get through it. We're, like Currently we're in the book of Acts, and this is a break from that. And we've been in Acts for about a year and a half now. Okay, So <laughs> we normally just go verse by verse. And that way we don't have the choice if something gets difficult to teach to skip over it. We have to teach it. It's there. No choice on our part. But we're doing a little series like this is tough for me especially because when you do a series like this, you take a big concept that needs to be addressed. And that's why we do small series. Because something like love, let's just, can we all agree that's, that's an important one? If we don't get that, we're, we're, we're going to be a little jacked up in this. Okay? And then, and then th- this week we're talking about forgiveness. And, and, and what's interesting about these topics is these are all things that there's no topic in this series where it's like, oh, that doesn't apply to me. I don't need the love. I don't have to watch what I say. I don't have to forgive. In the last week in the series, just so you know, we have two more weeks in it, but it's the gospel. Speak the gospel. Why is that important? I mean, th- these are all major things. And, and, and forgiveness is, I think, just some, let me throw this out here. I want to throw out my, my feelings on the danger in this before we dive into it. Okay? Is in forgiveness, especially in time, if you're anything like me, which... I'm, I have a feeling in this area you probably are. I tend to revert into, oh, I wish so-and-so was here so they could see, hear this so that they could forgive better. I'm just being honest. I do that a lot. But the truth of the matter on this one is uh, I, I would ask you to remove yourself from that because chances are somebody in here, everybody in here, has somebody that they need to forgive as well. And I, I really pray that the scriptures that we go through tonight will really lead you into that. Okay? So, it's huge. Well, why is it huge? Tom put it this way this morning. I totally ripped it off from him because I thought it was great. In case you don't know, that's one of our other pastors here who preaches the morning service normally. He said it this way. You can't cling to the cross and deny people forgiveness. You can't cling to the forgiveness that Jesus gives via his cross, but yet deny others his, their forgiveness at all. It just doesn't work. It's contrary to what the cross means and stands for. Because the cross is all about forgiveness. And let's just clear that up right before we dive in. The cross is the epitome of forgiveness. And, 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 I, and I know that as we go through this, that's going to become more and more clear. So... We're going to be in Matthew chapter 18 uh, t- today. If you don't have a Bible, there's probably some around you in the chairs. If not, we put all those scriptures up here on the verse, on, on, the, on the verse, on the screen. 
and uh, you can look up there. But also, if you don't have a Bible, feel free to take one of the ones in the chair in front of you. They're good. Um, we recommend them. You can take those home. If you're just lazy and you lose your Bible all the time, just stop doing that. Don't take ours and go find yours. So, why'd you laugh, Kim? Did you lose your Bible? No. So, but if you don't have one, feel free to take those. Those are our gift to you. So, let's just dive into this. Let's get going. We're going to start um, Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. What we got going on here is this is, uh, this is during the ministry of Jesus. And uh, th- this story may stand out if you've been around church at all, really. Um, this is a pretty popular story. Jesus likes to speak in parables, and so we're going to be examining one of his parables today. Verse 21. Then Peter came up and said to him, who's him? It's Jesus. That's who he's talking to. Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Let's just stop right there real quick. Um, Peter is, you know how I just described myself before we started the king of sticking his foot in his mouth, doing stupid things? That's Peter. We're tight on this level. We we understand each other. Very similar in this. And you have to understand something. I was thinking about this earlier, uh, just a side note. As I was studying the scripture and looking at this, I, I really wonder if at some point Jesus just ever wanted to tell the disciples, just can you just shut up for a minute and just listen? You're always trying to figure out some way around it. You're always trying to figure out something that, like, that you want me to do for you. And, and I just want the Holy Spirit to follow you, and then you'll get it. And then I thought to myself, wait, not a whole lot's really changed since the whole... I still do that. I still, and I started actually really relating with him on this because what's going on here is Peter is coming to Jesus saying, hey, how many times do I have to forgive this fool that keeps bugging me? Or how, 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 how often do I have to forgive this guy that keeps hurting me or this person that is sinning against me? How many times do I have to do it so I know where I can stop and blow them off or dump them out of my life? How, how, how many times? And, and isn't that just typical of just humans in general? How many times? I, 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 want, I want the number, Right? We want the direct answer. We want, we want a path to get to this answer. I'm taking a class right now at the college, which is totally humiliating for me because I should have graduated a long time ago, um, but I have this stupid math class that I never took because, well, I wasn't that smart and I just didn't take it. And so I've been several years out of school and I still don't technically have a degree because I have Math 105 still to take. And I'm in there and I had a girl come to me the other day and go, ooh, you're like married and your wife's pregnant. You're old. And I'm not that old. It was really weird meeting somebody that was born the same year as my little sister and is sitting next to me in class. But anyways, all that to say, we're in this class and I love this teacher I have. You know why? Because she, she, she really forces us to learn in, in just a different way. She, she's taking math, which I hate, but she's making it in a way that's like, you can't do it the normal way. Here's, here's the way. You guys all know how to do this. Here's basic algebra, but you're not allowed to do it that way. I want you to figure it out a totally different way. You can't do it the simple way. And it is just driving people insane. I mean, literally, I, like, I'm, maybe it's just because I'm a little bit older now. I'm just sitting back in this class, and I'm cracking up because people are crying. Literally crying in class because they can't do their math the simple way. They can't get the exact answer the exact way that they want to do it. And that's exactly how Jesus teaches 
which it's no wonder we get so frustrated with them, right? We want, like, okay, Jesus, how many times do I have to let this person do this before I can stop forgiving them? And he's like, I'm going to give you the answer, but I'm totally not going to give it to you in a normal way. I'm not going to say, nine. And you're like, all right. And then you go and you, like, if you're anything like me, I just go take the person off until they did it nine times so I could just leave them alone. But he knows better because he knows us because he created us. So Peter's digging here. Let's just start reading it from the beginning again. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? I like this. This is really funny. Here's Peter says the next sentence. As many as seven times? Like, he's trying to, like, feed him the answer. Like, how about seven? Is that good? I mean, but you have to understand, in Hebrew customs at this time, um, they basically had a three-strike rule for these kinds of things. If you actually study the Hebrew culture, it was basically three. So Peter's probably feeling like, yeah, seven. That means I'm pretty good. Like, I mean, the Pharisees only do it three. I'm saying seven. Isn't that good? Jesus' response is awesome. I do not say to you seven times, but 70 times seven. Okay, revert back. Who's Peter? Fisherman. Wasn't smart enough to make it into the, to the Hebrew schools to keep going. He's trying to do this math in his head like you are right now, right? And, and you're probably better at that than me, but my brain, I'm like trying to carry numbers that don't even exist in that equation. And, and you know he's just sitting there, and, and Jesus is just like, listen, Peter, Peter, you're not keeping score, man. That's the point. It's not how many times will you forgive. It's don't even bother to keep score. You're wasting your time. And you know Peter just, I mean, because I do it, right? Just gives him that blank look like, really? Like, don't keep score? Why play the game if you keep score? That's what I would say, Right? It's just like looking at him. And so Jesus, he's just like, okay, all right, you're not getting it. I'm going to break this down for you really simple in story format. I'm going to tell you a story, Peter. And he dives into the story, and I want to take it apart for us so that we can maybe grasp some of the just dripping, just with gospel truth story that, that Jesus tells here. Verse 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven, maybe you can't, oh, I'm reading the wrong verse. No, I'm not. I'm reading the right one. Sorry. Verse 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who, who wished to settle accounts with his servants. So he's, he's giving him a setup. He's like, listen, it's going to be a lot like this story. So pay attention, he's saying to him. Pay attention to what I'm about to tell you, Peter. And he dives in verse 24. When he began to, began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Okay, I did some research and digging this out. If you remember, like, I don't know why pastors get so excited about telling you what these things mean, but we just do, so you have to deal. But I, I did some digging, and, and a talent is about 20 years worth of wages for a day laborer. One talent. Okay, we're not talking about like the ability to play the piano. We're talking about money. That's what they, okay? And, and so it's, it's worth about 20 years of day labor every single day for 20 years. Is one talent. So we're dealing with 10,000. If you do the math and basic like, uh, breakdowns, it comes out to about $6 billion. Let's go ahead and say, this dude had some debt. Okay, so you're saying, oh man, I have some debt. These student loans really stink or whatever. Um, not compared to this guy. 
He owes this guy $6 billion. Okay, this isn't like, hey, I'll get you back later. This is $6 billion. Okay, let's keep reading. I I thought that was interesting. Maybe you did. I don't know. Verse 25. And since he could not pay, obviously, his master ordered him to be sold. That stinks. With his wife and children, all that he had, and payment to be made. Understand that that sounds mean, but it was actually pretty customary for the time. The king would have had total right to do that. If you couldn't pay your debt, you got sold. Bummer. And, and here's the interesting thing. We're talking $6 billion, right? So it's not like, well, hey, we got one kid we don't like that much, but he's really smart. You couldn't get like a lot for him. It, like the whole family's going. The dog, the cat, everybody. They're all going. In verse 26. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. Verse 27, and, and here's the king speaking, I have pity for him. The master that, that the servant released him forgave him the debt. Said, don't worry about it, man. I, I, he's, he's on his knees, picture it. He, he's begging him. He's like, man, don't do this. Have pity on me. And he's begging him, literally groveling at his feet. And he goes, I see how remorseful you are. And it breaks my heart. So go, be free of this debt. That's crazy. I mean, I don't care who you are. Somebody owes you $6 billion. You're collecting something. Don't, don't try to play the Mother Teresa role on me. Because if you owe me 10 bucks, I'm going to be like, hey, you owe me 10 bucks, Right? We're talking about six billion bucks here. Verse 28. This is where it takes a twist for, it's kind of a cool story so far. Man, this is made for TV written all over it, right? Love it. This is going to be great, but it kind of takes a not so pleasant twist in verse 28. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Okay, so we're talking hundred bucks, roughly. So uh, some people tell you it's not that much. It's a hundred bucks. It's it's a lot of money. Um, so he owes him a hundred bucks roughly. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, "Pay what you owe." So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, "Have patience with me, and I will pay you." Is this ringing a bell at all? Looking a little familiar, but we'd expect something to happen here, right? Because wasn't he just the guy on the ground? begging for forgiveness, begging for this, and, and now he has a friend who's in the same spot. Don't you, th- like, I mean, if I'm reading this, I'm going, oh, he's obviously going to go and say, I forgive you the debt because guess what happened to me? But that doesn't happen at all. Verse 30. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt, which just, by the way, if somebody owes you money, to get them to pay you back. I don't know if putting them in prison is exactly the best idea. I don't know how that really works out. Um, pay me back. Put you in jail where you can't do anything. I don't know. It just stood out to me. Verse 31. When his fellow servants saw what, he, what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Right? He has every right to call him wicked here. I think we'd all agree with that. 
Verse 33. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? She's saying, listen, the mercy I had shown you should have compelled you to giving mercy out, right? I mean, he's angry. Now, as we read these next two verses, I don't want you to miss something here. Because, okay, obviously, I'm, this isn't going to blow your mind. I really like the Bible a lot. Big fan of it. That's why I'm a pastor, okay? Like it a lot. But here's one of my great fears. When we read the Bible, that there's a lot of times we read it, but we don't really ever let it scare the crap out of us. I don't know if you're allowed to say crap in church, but I just did. You, sometimes it, it should just scare you a little bit. And I'm not saying like in, in this negative way, but there's certain things that should pop out of Scripture that should stand out in your mind and go, that's intense. That requires a response. Because Jesus doesn't always just talk in parables so it's fun and we can get it better. He wants us to get it for a reason. So don't miss, I'm I'm really going to spend a little bit of time on these next two verses. Verse 34. In anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. Verse 35. This is Jesus breaking out of the parable here and he says this to him. He says, So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Let me read that last one again. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Let's play a little game here real quick, assigning the roles, just so this is clear. Who does the king represent in this this story? You can say it. I'm throwing you a softball here. Yeah, God, Jesus. If I ever ask you a question, usually in church, just go, Jesus, and you're right most of the time. And if you're wrong, nobody's going to make fun of you, right? It's a safe bet. Go with Jesus. So the king here, the good king, right? The guy who lets him go. The king was owed the six billion, but lets the guy go. Okay. Um, Who's the guy who owed six billion dollars? That's us. We owe the king $6 billion in this story. Who's the beaten up servant who gets thrown in jail? That is the person that this story is calling you to forgive. That is the person in this story that um, their lifestyle repulses you to the point that you can't stand to forgive them. That's the person who has hurt you in ways that nobody could ever understand. I mean, I could keep going. But that's who this person is. Okay, so we assign the roles. The king is Jesus. We're the guy who owed the six billion. And then there's the person who we need to forgive in general terms. Let me reread these last two verses again if we're talking about the king here. Verse 34. We're talking about the king who is Jesus. I know I'm being repetitive, but I really want us to get this. And in anger. Listen, when the Bible says that God's angry about something, our ears should perk up a little bit. And, and, and listen, I know this isn't the fun stuff to talk about. 
It is easier to talk about God being really loving, which he is, but I would submit to you that he's being really loving in this anger. Because it's unjust. The Bible is pretty clear. You read the Old Testament, you read through. There are certain things that God speaks out and says, I hate that. That's strong language. Like, like things that rock my soul, for sure. Like when the Bible says, um, the, the Lord hates divorce. That's something my family's all too familiar with. It's been very big in my life. Been around it my whole life. Or when God hates when his church does not serve the least of these the poor, the needy, the down and out. He says that he, he hates their gatherings, that their music is like a noise. And, he, and, and if you literally translate it out, it says, I, I, your songs are annoying, shut up, if you were to literally translate it out. Listen, God gets pretty angry about some stuff. If you ever really want to tick off God, Take part in injustice on people, taking advantage of people, ripping people off, especially those who don't know any better. God's got some pretty strong language for those things. So understand right here when he says in here, and in anger, his master delivered him, delivered him to the jailers, to the chapels. He was pretty mad. Verse 35, so also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. So listen, tie them together in your head. Put them together. Forgiveness is really important. Because if we're not willing to forgive, God's, in his word right here, he says, I'm angry about it. Why? Why is he angry about it? What it cost him? Why is it such a big deal to him? Hebrews 9.22 gives us that answer. Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified of blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. That's why this is important. Because he's like, you, you, you need to understand something. Um, you, you have no right to say, what did this cost you? He said, it cost me everything. The cross is central in this understanding of even beginning to grasp this. Because here's the bottom line. If, let me do it this way. What is the cross? I mean, it, it, and I know I'm not trying to be patronizing on any level here tonight with y'all, but understand this, it's more than a piece of jewelry that we wear around our neck, okay? It is the crown jewel of our faith, yes, why? Well, because on the cross is, is where we experience the forgiveness of sins, as that verse says, that the shed blood forgave us our sins. See, we need to understand something here is the reason this parable should impact us so much is because your sin is the equivalent or more than the six billion 
dollars. We all carry an unpayable debt. That's why the story is ridiculous. There's a reason Jesus used that number so big. Because we all read that and we go, you can't pay that back. We all know that. How's a day laborer ever going to pay anybody back $6 billion? Just the same as how am I ever going to repay God back what I owe him? And the answer is you can't and you won't. I'd even submit to you, and, and this is coming from my own life, that if you had the choice, you probably wouldn't anyways. So here's what the cross is. The cross is, this is why it's so beautiful. It's because Jesus became man. We sang it before. Became a man. And last week we talked a little bit about that. How that should just, you know, in one side blow out the back of our head just because it blows our mind. Even thinking about it, right? That Jesus has existed since the beginning of time. We see in Genesis 1 that he is there during the creation. A lot of people think that Jesus was born for the first time when he became a man. Not true. The Trinity has existed forever in community with one another. And so Jesus has existed forever, and he became a man. Now, and this is what I'm talking about, blow your mind. Became a man. We say that a lot, but first he had to be a baby. God took himself off of his throne, sent himself to earth, and became a baby. Somebody had to change God's diaper. Humility laid out right there from the very beginning. Dependent on his mom to take care of him. Dependent on people. That's God right there. I hope you're starting to like him more and more as I tell you this because it makes me fall in love with him even more. And, and so he, he lives out this life. And, 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 and remove it from your head that he wasn't a man because he was. Jesus had the same temptations that you and I have. Jesus had acne. I don't know. Jesus went through it all. He became a man and he lived. And then he told everybody that he was God. And that's why he was killed. He wasn't killed. We have this weird thing in our heads that he got killed because he was such a nice guy. No, he got killed because he claimed to be God. And so he lives this life of perfection and of example. And he goes before Pontius Pilate, who, who, who in a sense was his judge, and he is sentenced to die. But here's the thing is, it wasn't like, oh no, what am I going to do? He was like, yes, this is what I came here for. If you ever notice anything, Jesus has like a laser focus on getting to that cross. I mean, you ever wonder why he shows up in a place and there's people who need to be healed everywhere and he only heals a couple? I mean, I, I, that, I've always struggled with that a little bit. Why didn't he heal everybody there? Because he had to get to the cross. He couldn't stay in one place. He was trying to get there the whole entire time because you needed to be forgiven and I needed to be forgiven. Those people who needed to be healed, they needed to be healed, yes, of physical ailment, but more importantly, they needed to be healed spiritually. 
which is far greater than any physical ailment we could ever have. So he had that laser focus on the cross. He got to the cross. And in that moment when he's hanging on the cross, and, and, and I know we're repetitive here on this, but I, I don't think there's certain things you, can, you, you should ever be too little. And, and, and this is one of them, is that when he's on the cross and he, and he yells out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's because he was you. He was me. He was my sin. He was everything I have ever done. Every sin I have committed, and, and here's the kicker, he was every sin that has been committed against me that I had no choice in. And as he stood there, and, 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 and Luther calls it right, the great exchange, when our sin fell on him and God forsook him, said, stood, stood back, and he became the most ugly, vile, nasty thing the world had ever seen. And he died. He absolutely died. The good news is, and we're getting ready to celebrate it in Easter, is three days later he rose and conquered death and proved once and for all that he is God. But why is this so important? Romans 6.23. You probably know it. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. In Christ, Lord, or in, in Christ Jesus. That, that, that's it. It's the gift. He went there to forgive you. To bear everything you owed God because you owed him more than you could ever pay. And he knew that. And he said, listen, man, l- 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 listen, I love you so much. I, I, I love you so much. And I know that you can't repay what is owed. So I'll do it for you. I'll die for you. I, I will be in your place. I will be your substitute. It should change everything. But I'm really fearful that it, for many of us, it doesn't. You know how I know is because my life is a screaming testimony that it hasn't changed me in the ways that it does. Because you know why? Because because people owe me. Because um, I, I I deserve something. Whatever that is. But, it, but, but isn't it wild how when you understand that you were forgiven even when you shouldn't have been, you don't deserve anything. But it is a gift given freely. We shouldn't be like the guy in the story who's like, yes, thank you for forgiving me, but then turning around and looking at somebody and saying, but I can't forgive you. You may have a list in your head. Maybe it looks like you don't know how many times they have hurt me. 
You don't know how many times it's happened. You don't know how many times they told me they would stop, but they didn't. And Jesus would look right back at you and go, how many times today did you do that to me? Listen, I'll be honest with you all. I'm probably going to do it before I leave this place tonight. And I hate that. I don't want to do that. And it's not, I'm not saying that because I'm proud of that at any level. I'm just saying it because that's how much I need him. To hold on to bitterness, to hold on to hate, and to not forgive will not, hear me on this, if you, literally, if you don't hear anything else tonight, hear this, it, it, holding on to those things, it won't set you free. It won't. It can't. Because it's a lie from Satan himself. It can't set you free. You need to understand that. That if you're sitting here and you're going, no, I will not forgive this person. And trust me, if you're sitting here, and, and listen, I don't, I don't want to be unsympathetic to people. Man, I'm blown away with your, your guys' stories. I mean, I'm in my office every week, and I mean, in all honesty, a week doesn't go by where somebody's story just doesn't, I mean, break my heart, make me just want to crumble and, you know, just sometimes not even know what to do. There's, there's this website out there where it's, uh, um, maybe some of you know, I'm addicted to my phone. Um, it's like a drug for me, and I need to break it. Um, but I'm also addicted to the thing that my phone does. It's called Twitter. And it's where you post status things and things going on and blogs and junk like that. And it can be helpful, but it can also be negative. But I found this website where um, you can post tweets anonymously. And nobody has any idea where they come from. And I, and I got on there millions of people, literally millions of people getting on there, just sharing their scars and what's been done to them. Listen, I know we're a broken world. I've experienced it. I I don't know, all of us at different levels for sure. Right, last week I shared with you a little bit of my story about how I struggle with the area of forgiveness with um, my, my, my little sister was raped. That's a very difficult area for me to forgive that man. Right? That's not an easy one. So, like, listen, I, I, I get it that I'm not sitting up here going, just forgive and it'll all be better. I'm saying forgive because your God is great. And because he forgave you. And because we're we're not people who waste the cross. We're not people who take the cross lightly. We're people who let it affect our lives. And we're, we're, we're people who forgive at a level that the world would never understand, that would literally call it foolish. Why? Because you've been forgiven.
I understand everyone's been hurt. I don't know what's in your head. I just wrote down a few here um, that, that I struggle with. It was, they mistreat me. I don't get what I deserve. I can never forget it. The pain was excruciating. This is where we fall more in love with Jesus. Because this is what is so appealing about Christianity. Is that the God that you're struggling through this with isn't some God who's sitting on a cloud somewhere that has no idea what you're feeling. He is the God who became man and went through it all. I mean, seriously, he literally knows. On the cross, he felt it. He knew it. He smelled it. I mean, some, some of you, it's that bad. I've been around people where we talk about forgiveness, and literally talking about the situation has made them vomit. And some of us, like me currently, it's as silly as somebody not answering my text message as quickly as I thought they should have. But it's all about where you are. Jesus knows. That's why he's great. He's not some God who has no idea. He, he's a God who knows exactly where you are. So I don't have anything super profound to end on tonight. Other than the fact that um, Ryan's going to come up here and uh, we're going to do a closing song. They might know where Ryan is. Chase, can you go grab Ryan for me? Thanks, man. But we're going to do a closing song. And uh, I don't know. For, for me, a lot of times, it's, it's good. You know, I would challenge you. You can get out of here pretty quick. We can start singing. You can leave. That's cool. And, 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 and you know what? Maybe you need to. Maybe you're tired or whatever. I don't, I don't care. That's, that's your call. But I would, I would submit that maybe some of you just need to hang out for a couple minutes to sing. Maybe the person's here you need to confess to, to forgive. Or maybe you just need to start that process. Because I understand this isn't always like, oh, flip the light switch on and I forgave. Maybe some of us need to start that process tonight. And what that looks like is very simple. It's us coming before God and saying, Okay, I'm willing, but I know I'm not strong enough, so you're really going to have to do some work here. So as Ryan comes up and he plays, just, I don't know, meditate on that. Think that through. I'll, I'll stick around if you want to chat with me. I'll be here. Uh, we're here for you, just know that. We, we do love you guys, even if we don't know you. That's why we're here. So um, just I would challenge you. If you're, if you're a believer in Jesus, to say, I will forgive because I have been forgiven. Start that process tonight. Let me pray. Father God, you are good. You're, you're, you're actually, uh, I mean, we say that so often, but you're far better than what we deserve. You, you, you treat us so well.
God, uh, I know in my areas where I need to forgive right now, I need to learn from your patience that you have with me on my life. God, I pray that all of us in here tonight, that your gospel message, that, 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 that the story of, of Jesus would become so real to us and so life-changing that we would start looking like you in some weird way. That people would come to know you because of our love for one another because of our forgiveness for each other, for our patience for each other, for our willingness to forgive those who do not deserve it at any level. So God, just do a work in us because I'll be the first to admit and raise my hand and say, I'm far too weak to do this on my own. I'm dependent on you to come through and pull this thing off. Because if you don't, I won't be able to. In your awesome name, I pray. Amen.